Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for our fourth and final live Q&A session for the Ultimate Abundance Maker course. <laughs> Can't believe it's our fourth call already. But I don't think it's our last call. It is our last Q&A call, but not our last call because I'm thinking that when I deliver that fourth bonus, I can figure out a way to do a live call with it. <laughs> so we'll have another excuse to meet up before this party is done. But this is technically, officially our final live Q&A. And I did get uh, one emailed question. That's all I have. So hopefully you all have something for us to play with today, or this will be a short session. In fact, shall we start with any questions from the group? Mm. Okay. We'll start with our emailed question. I think, I think everyone's going to like this one. So it's not in one concise email because I did reply for clarification and follow-up. But I'll read you what I've got. So, I've realized that what I want above anything is freedom and choice, allowing me to do what I want to do, to live how I want to live, to have a positive impact on everything around me. Ooh, I got goosebumps reading that. To bring and be light and to fulfill my creative dreams. Come on. Who couldn't relate to that? That's fabulous. To this end, I choose a creative and loving life. Abundance is a state of mind, and the driver that keeps popping up in my answers is gratitude. That's not surprising. I'm so very grateful to be here and experience this world in all its shades of glory. That's lovely. Um, okay. Sometimes I have an emotional dip when I get what I want, like opening a glossy magazine full of ads and boring articles. A gremlin, probably. I wonder if that happens to anyone else. So I replied to get more detail on that experience of emotional dip when I get what I want because I wondered, is it because we got what we didn't really want and we're realizing it in that moment that having it isn't actually making us feel better or is it just that there's something more exhilarating about the journey? Abraham says this all the time, that we're in the best part right now. The getting it isn't really as, as all, it's not all that. I've heard Abraham say that much more eloquently than I just did anyway. So I asked a follow-up question for, uh, for it to elaborate on that emotional dip. And... I got back this, yeah, like a loss of the fantasy and or anticipation, sometimes disappointing, often happens with clothes or objects rather than a job, like suddenly nothing is good enough. There may be a letdown in receiving, like the fantasy is over. And I think, oh yeah, so then I followed up and I said, is it um, because reality didn't live up to the idea of it? Or is the satisfaction complete and it's just time to move on to a new desire? And they said um, the second reason. So I wanted to read that in full. Oh, and then, and then they added, it, it has to do with the loss of hope. 
which I know has to be layered with belief. The reason I read all of that is because I suspect that many of us will be able to relate to at least a portion of that, that there is something about so I know I have had this isn't the what the questioner experienced but I have had it before where I got what I said I wanted and I was like that's not even remotely what I thought it was going to be like I thought it was going to be fabulous and no it was not and that when that's happened to me it's because I it's because of what I thought the thing was going to make me feel and when it got here it didn't make me feel that it made I just felt the same way I'd been practicing all along so it was a disappointment in that I got what I thought was going to make me feel better, and it didn't. Uh, I know I'm not the only one who experiences that sometimes, but we have been addressing that in this course quite a bit. That wasn't, it wasn't a subtle point I was making in the materials about why it's worth getting clear about our true target, about what it is that we really want. And this person seems to have done a fabulous job of, of identifying that. So. Um, I know that sometimes uh, some people have a really, um, they have, I'm trying to think of, because it happens all sorts of ways. There isn't just one way we all do this. But sometimes what happens here is we really do like the expansion of the process more than just having what we said we wanted, even when it really truly is exactly what we said we wanted. When that's the case, I, I think it's worth remembering that this is a cycle. We're going to have contrast, inspiring new desires, and then there will be the process to those new desires, and they will become fulfilled, and then we will have contrast that will inspire new desires. <laughs> and it just continues to do that over and over again through our entire lives. I don't think there's ever a time that we ever arrive. Okay, that, those are my thoughts, but I'd love to hear from someone else who has input on that one. I have I have input, but I'm about to sneeze. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> so you go first, whoever that is. I'm going to mute. <laughs> it's Rafaela, and I just wrote it in in the um, chat. But I was thinking maybe the the um, odd feeling is because it if she's in a if she, I'm assuming it's she if the person is in alignment, then you don't have the whole maybe it's an expectation of what she thought was going to happen when she got the thing and but if you're in alignment then the next logical step isn't feel like that it just feels like yeah i you know this is cool that's what we you know we were going for and yeah move on mm -hmm. but i don't think you have to make it wrong you know so i might have said it better in the chat oh, no I, I think that's a really good point I'm reflecting yeah. on that and how how often I'm whoever does this is not alone. Abraham has talked about how Esther did this as well when she was practicing bouncing off the walls with excitement with a thought of getting yeah. what she wanted and Abraham said it's not going to be like that girl. Settle yourself down. Right. It can't manifest until it's the next logical thing. So when okay. that happens it does seem seem kind of underrated, kind of like or or overrated I guess is the right word. Because if we were expecting it was going to be like time to pop the champagne and and yeah, um, yeah. yeah <laughs> not like that. Really, really good point. Thanks, Rafaela. You're welcome. I have maybe something to add. Who's this? This is Nikki from Florida. 
Yay, Nikki, thanks for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I missed the first part of the question I didn't hear, but I know I have been going through a massive amount of contrast, and I just feel like I'm emerging from it. And what was so hard is that all the contrast came when we first started our new um, abundance course. And it, it just like, <laughs> took me back. It took me back so much. But sometimes we get caught up in the story. And like you were saying about Abraham Hicks, like um, you're jumping for joy and you're celebrating, but, you know, taking a step back and and it's not going to be like that. Like dropping everything we think of that it's going to be like or dropping the story completely and just however it's showing up and whatever we're wanting or, or we're praying, journaling in, mm. you know, it can just, it can be just so different than what we thought and then it's like you said we we're always in and out of contrast because new things bring that up and and that's where I've been and I think that took me off guard so much that it was just like it just knocked the wind out of me so I think this is a big thing to talk about contrast today and like what how everybody's been doing in the course um and not letting that make you think that you're not manifesting still. I thought, oh my gosh, here, I've manifested these amazing things over the past year, and then all of a sudden, I just got knocked off of my feet, like completely. <laughs> so, I think it's well, this is a good subject to talk about. I agree, and I really like how you pointed out, Nikki, the point, or the the story that we're telling around it. I think that's worth being aware of because that is molding what comes next. And that's one reason why I like to I like to set myself up for success. I, I was doing this with a client earlier today where I basically wouldn't even let them finish a sentence the way they were going to finish it because I was already I did not want to let that instruction stand to universe. So I was editing it out loud in a way that just telling the story differently so that we were more in alignment with what we wanted rather than with what we've got when what we've got isn't what we want. And that, that experience of contrast, I remember, Ming, you hosted Janice at GVU, Janice Whiting, who channels spirit. They do um, an occasional uh, Q&A call at GVU. And I remember, oh, great, now I just forgot what I was going to say. Uh, Janice said something about, oh, it was when Trump got elected and everyone was like, what just happened? And Janice said, spirit approves. And I was like, well, how can that possibly be? Like that made no sense to me. How could this, which I saw as contrast, be a pro? I know a lot of people didn't. And and I've eventually, I've eventually been able to tell my own story about it differently so that it isn't a constant experience of resistance, but rather being able to take the bounce, as Abraham would say, so that we can get the benefit of that contrast and being willing to be really aware of how we're telling the story and make improvements or tweaks as appropriate can help quite a bit in what unfolds. Someone else was chiming in, so I want to hand the microphone over. I don't want to talk too much. Oh, this is Kristen. Thanks, Kristen. Can you guys hear me? I'm trying to adjust yes. where my body is because my microphone is huge. And when I listen to the recordings, I'm very loud. 
<laughs> oh, no, you sound fabulous to me. Okay. Um, going back to the first original question, which was when the thing, we get it finally, and there's kind of a letdown. I remember, I think it was Brooke Castillo saying that it's kind of like Christmas. The fun is in the anticipation. And then when Christmas comes, it's kind of like, oh, so that was it? Well, I kind of think that way myself because if, so, if it's, to me, it's exciting to manifest and to have the dream and to go, ooh, wouldn't this be great to have this? And I think if we have a shift in perception, like we're, we should do when we're trying to manifest is I'm feeling it now, I'm feeling it now, I'm feeling it now. Well, when it comes, if we're already feeling it now, wouldn't it be kind of more of the same? Yes. We've already, mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes we're sense. really strongly aligned to it. Yeah, it does make sense. Yeah, we're aligned. So it comes, you're like, yeah, there it is. So if mm-hmm. I was in a line, like something small is I have narrow feet, finding shoes is difficult. So I say, oh, I'm going to go find some shoes and I know what's going to happen. When I find those three pairs of shoes, I, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. It's not like, oh, this is so great. It's so awesome. It's just like, well, yeah, because I already knew I was going to find them. So there's not like a, I think it would be more wowing if we didn't really believe it and that it came and we'd be kind of shocked. <laughs> yeah, and that happens, but that's not our best setup for success if we don't really believe in what we want. So when it, I mean, exactly. if, in order for it to be a surprise, yeah, our alignment, yeah, that's kind of funny. Um, that is kind of funny. As far as Thank contrast you, goes, yeah, can I add something? Yes, okay. I do. So the whole contrast thing, I recently was having a situation with a loved one, and it was heavy. It weighed on me. It was not fun. And I just, when I finally got out of ego about it, I just sat down with me in spirit, and I said, okay, what are you teaching me? What are you teaching me with this contrast that I'm feeling right now? And when I really sat in that, the whole weight of it went away because I knew it was for me. So every time I know that something's for me, I'm much more happy to accept that contrast rather than fight it and resist it and hate it and try to be right with it. I just know, I just release it to something's more going on here that I could possibly know. And it was, because when I released everything, we ended up having a very transformational conversation. Things were even better than before. So oh, I, wow. I love when I, that happens. Yeah, I love to look at contrast that way because it sucks. We hate it. But there's a perception shift that that this is for me, not to me, that I I believe really has served me so much. Well, and I think that's easier to believe too when we look back on the our past experiences of it and what's transpired as a result sometimes it's easier to see in the rearview mirror or in someone else's experience than it is when we're in the red hot moment of it so that's a powerful thing to share thank you Kristen. Mm-hmm. i've heard abraham say if you really truly understood how essential contrast was you would stop wishing it away you would celebrate it when it shows up I'm not exactly to that point yet, but man, am I making progress. <laughs> um, this is Mary Ellen. I'd like to... Thanks, Mary Ellen. Hi. Tag on to what you just said and Kristen said. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I came... Uh, the idea emerged that contrast is a cooperative component for me. And 
um, it helps get me back on my path of least resistance and it also can help me fine tune the desire I had. Um, so again, it's sort of welcoming it as opposed, it's definitely perspective and not seeing it as a mistake or something that's wrong, but it's a, it's an adjustment factor. Um, you know, it sort of reroutes me a little bit and, uh, and maybe that's maybe where I need to go. Thinking back to the, your original email with the glossy magazine and being disappointed, maybe that's a revelation that it's like, oh, that's not really, that's not what I want, really. You know, those, I, I used to think that that was going to be something really fun, but then it's like, oh, no, I've kind of outgrown that, and I need to look for something with more substance or whatever, but, um, yeah, so it's just, it's helped me with a couple of things in the past couple of weeks to go, okay, um, thank you. This is, this is re- moving me in a different direction, like a detour. It's like a detour. Uh, that's right. right on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Well, thanks. I like, thanks, Mary Ellen. I, I like how you also pointed out the power of how we're perceiving it. And it feels, Nikki, much like what you said about the, the way we're telling the story can have such a big impact on how we experience it yeah and this yeah. is definitely one yeah. of those yeah. oh go ahead was that was that Nikki and Mary Ellen at the same time <laughs> I think so yeah I'll go last it's Maria too yeah Mary Ellen you've got the microphone no I don't I'm I muted so okay. I'm off. Thank you. oh okay uh, Nikki let's hear uh, some feedback from you and then I'll go to Maria well, I was just going to um, build on what you said about when Abraham Hicks, one of his, their things that they said that the larger part of us took that bounce. Mm-hmm. And so, so that we can become who and what we've been all along. Like that's when I became um, responsive to life or I became abundance, I became hope. So I loved when you said that because it sparked me. Um, so any negative experience that we're having then it just means we haven't let it happen yet to us, like what we want. So we learn from that contrast and that bounce part and realize, okay, I had to take that big bounce. And now I'm open and ready. Yeah, and I and sometimes it really is a big bounce. Like sometimes it's a lot. So to anyone listening to this, and a reminder to my own self as well, even though we know this stuff, it's a process to feel those feelings. Sometimes it is. When it is, we want to cut ourselves that slack that we haven't taken that bounce immediately. And, oh, I can't remember. I was talking with someone who was telling a story. They were telling a story of a fellow creator. This was not a client, but it was someone who was a savvy creator something had happened that had made them kind of sad. It was like medium sad. It wasn't big sad. It wasn't mild sad. It was medium sad. And they were, um, she was kind of like doing all her stuff to skip past it. And I I remember hearing the story and I was thinking, oh, don't skip that sadness. Like we don't get that every day. That was easy for me to say because I was not in that state in that red hot moment. So I understand how this is easier to talk about when we're feeling pretty good than it is when we're right in it. And it's worth cutting ourselves slack when it happens. Maria, I promised you the microphone next. 
Yeah, no, I mean, everything that everybody's saying, absolutely, and that next logical step and whatnot. But I was just going to say, you know how you sometimes say, if it's happening to me, it's good. I often say, if it's happening to me, it's great. It must be, even if, and especially when it's a contrast. You know, if it's a contrast with my folks, and, and sometimes my father and I clash a little bit, I'll say, if it's happening to me, it must be great, because it's making me stronger. It's going to make me put more boundaries down. It's, going to, it's just going to make me a better person all around. It's going to grow me spiritually. Like there's a story, and I think Kristen even said in the chat about the story we tell ourselves, yeah, that's the biggie, right? So we do activate that. If it's happening to me, or sometimes Liz and I are talking, if it's happening to us, it must be great, even if we can't see what that greater good is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We believe and hey, we can, can I- train ourselves into that even even when we're in the early stages of it. The more we practice that thought, the easier it is to embrace no matter what's happening. I've noticed myself over time that it's easier to believe. I use something, um, it's, all, it's always, everything's always working out. Something along those lines. I, I use, I word it a little bit differently than what you just shared, Maria, but that, uh, that the more we play with that, the easier it is to believe no matter what it is that's unfolding. Huh. You found that too? Oh, yeah. I said the more I say it, like maybe the first time you say it, if you haven't done it, you're like, yeah, okay. The gremlin kind of pops <laughs> up and it's like, yeah, right. That's BS, you know. But, yeah. but then, you know, you just keep on doing it and you repeat it and, and you believe it because you, you, you see the proof. And then I use that proof positive where I find the proof. Look. Look in this instant where it happened, where it seemed like contrast, but then, because I kept on believing that it's better for me, something around the corner is going to go, woo, that's great, it happens. So I find also the proof, so each time I find the proof that it is great and it's going, leading to something good, it makes it even stronger, it builds the belief even more. Right on. Right on. Elena's asking if you will repeat it, the sentence that you use, Maria. I say if it's happening to me, it must be great. And then I don't even flip and have to know why it's great or how it's going to be great. I just have to believe it. Yeah, Yeah, because because I I said said so. so. That's the power. And as I'm saying that, there is a red dragonfly out my window again. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my God. (laughs) It shows up at certain times. When I say things and I'm coaching people, and then, you know, it's not always there, and there it is, just <laughs> like, wow, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That is cool. Thanks, Maria. Thanks. Okay. Who else wanted to chime in on that, or are we ready for our next question to play with? Jeanette? Yes. That's John. Hi. John, nice to hear you. Thank you. Um, I just I wanted to comment briefly on the original part of the question, not the contrast part, but the uh-huh. sort of feeling of is that all there is when you arrive at the destination? Um, <laughs> and I guess I'm reminded of a of a couple of things, one of which is I can sure relate to it. Um, but that anticipation really is fun. And, and yeah, you told me that recently. I was all telling you, hey, look, here's how we speed this up. And you're like, uh, hold off. I like it where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, there are a bunch of areas where, where, where that's true. I think the Christmas thing was a great example, you know, and, and that feeling when every package is open. 
um, and all, and you're picking up the sort of wrapping paper, um, is the moment of opportunity that I'm not too good at. Um, there's a similar, I mean, there are a bunch of analogies. I happen to think of foreplay, pardon me, I'm a guy. Um, and and the sort of how, ex how ex exquisite that is, you know, and on the way to an ending, and again, I may have a celebration opportunity, <laughs> yeah, but what I'm really going for is, it reminded me about the advice you gave us this week about how you're talking in those moments to your good fortune and welcoming it and celebrating it. And I don't do that very well, very often. And that's a real opportunity for me. So that in when I came to that kind of moment where it's arrived, I've got a little work to do on receiving and a little work to do on celebration in that moment, as opposed to, huh, is that, is that it? Now what? Um, you know, so I'm not going to skip that step. Is all I'm trying to say. I can relate to that myself. I used to be a chronic striver, where even after I became LOA savvy, I experienced this for a while. But I've I've done a really good job of activating satisfaction instead of yearning, instead of striving, because I was always going for the next thing. And whatever the next thing was, as soon as I got there, there might be a minute or two, maybe a day or two, where it was like, wow, but not that much before I was turning right around to, okay, then what? Because usually I was on the then what before this thing ever even showed up. I'm like it's, I never gave myself the gift, and that's exactly what it was. I didn't know how to let myself revel in the contentment, the fulfillment, the satisfaction. It was always looking ahead to what's next, what's next, what's next. And that was not my favorite enjoyment. And it, not in a positive sense of anticipation. I mean, there is a way to do that, but I, that's not what I was experiencing. So I remedied that by getting really clear about finding reasons to feel satisfied and drawing those out and um, making a point of becoming a student of contentment. All those sorts of things helped quite a bit. Uh, okay, so uh, Elena, Jeanette, could you go into more details on how to handle, like when I get payment from a client, creating a ritual? Okay, yeah, Elena wanted to talk about rituals. Are we good to move on to this new question, everyone? Or did anyone have anything to add? Okay, so, so rituals, yes, that was our module seven work for those who haven't seen it yet. Hopefully it's in your inbox or you'll find it in the Facebook group. But the, um, the intention there was for us to, I, I don't actually think we've got to do too many new things. I think that we can find things we're already doing and make them part of an abundance practice or an abundance ritual. And in fact, I gave the example in the Facebook group today of how, oh, this, just this morning, I woke up and I turned on the lights on the crystals. I turn them off at night and I turn them on in the morning. And as I did it this morning, hello, it's crystals. And I had just gotten done in the module talking about how much I love crystals and colors. And this was one of those things that I've been doing for years that I never turned into an abundance ritual. And it would be as simple as when I'm, when I'm turning the lights out to give thanks for the abundance, 
that I experienced in that day and just thinking on a couple of things. And then in the morning when I turn it on to feel like I've activated something really nice to if I just had a sense of abundance and that I was calling that forth, I was becoming that, I was being the light and calling forth more of that light into my world, that's just an easy thing to do while I'm intentionally turning on those lights to the crystals rather than just, you know, automatically doing it mindlessly like I was before. So, yes, I did share a handful of daily abundance rituals that we might consider playing with, but I really, really like the idea of finding something that's already happening in your world and just tweaking it a little bit to make it part of your abundance practice. Anyone else have anything they want to say or ask about rituals? I don't want anyone to get too caught up in the distinction between, because uh, I was myself when I was thinking about, well, what's the difference between a manifesting method versus a daily abundance ritual? And I had an idea of that, but I thought, hey, I don't think it's important really for us to understand that. If, if what you practice with this week and next week feels like the same stuff, I'm going to be happy. I don't care what we call it. All I'm going to be inviting us to do is get intentional about activating our alignment to abundance. I have a share. Thanks. Oh, is that sure, Kristen? Yeah, it's Kristen. Um, I'm what I'm what I'm okay. I always practice the law of attraction without all kinds of verbiage and stuff because I've been doing it my whole life, and it wasn't until later till I realized the you know it started being talked about. It's like oh okay, you can call it this and call it that, you know, certain words, and um, so the same thing is happening in this group and with your audios is when you're saying things. I'm like oh I do that, so the whole ritual thing. I never I never thought of it as a ritual. But there's just a couple things that I've done my whole life, and I realize how powerful they are now that you've pointed them out. And that is um, every time I write a bill or, you know, online click this box, I'm like, oh, there it goes. I'm so happy. And I'm really happy to pay bills. And quarterly taxes. I had a client the other day that said, I owe a lot on my quarterly. So I go, that means you make good money last year. And he just says, yeah, but I owe a lot. And I said, but you made great money last year. Mm. And then he just was like, but I have to pay. I said, I know. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> <laughs> I and love just, that. And he just like, okay. You know, like he, he's not, he's, <laughs> LOA, but, uh, you know, I throw those LOAs into him. But also, um, you know, my honey can tend to be more tight than I am, a little bit more fearful of letting money go. And so if we are out to eat or something, he's like, rah, 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 you know, about something. I'm, and I, I lean over to him. I'm like, what are you worried about? We're millionaires. And he just kind of <laughs> looked at me. And he just kind of stopped, you know. And he's like, oh, okay. And he will stop, will stop him in his tracks, anything that he has to say money-wise. And um, here's one more little small tidbit that everybody might enjoy because I just crack up at this. So my parents were, were not equally aligned in any way, shape, or form, my bios. And um, I had a super, super tight dad. Oh, my God. This, this guy, I thought we grew up poor, honestly, how tight he was. And then I had a mom, once they were divorced, that just spent like she had the king's riches. And 
guess what happened in the end? Well, let me back up. I'd say to mom something about her spending. She's like, oh, I have to pay off this card or that card. And I'd say, well, you know, you can pull back on spending or this or that. This is many years ago. And she said, no, there's always, she goes, I always have money. Money comes to me all the time. I don't, I don't need to do that. So here's the fun part of all. They both passed away, could both divorce separate with the same amount of inheritance that went to the family. Oh my gosh. So, Mr. Tight Guy and this oh crazy gosh. lady going to buy dinner for everybody in the restaurant type, you know, not making millions, my mom. This is just what she did. And so I thought about that today. I thought I got to share this in the group because, wow. you know, she, he didn't end up with more because he was so tight and she had plenty. Wow. The same amount, total different experiences of the same amount. I was thinking when you said to your honey how what are you worried about? We're millionaires. I was thinking, how many actual millionaires at restaurants could use that reminder as well? That, that, right. Because people can have all the money and not have the joy of having all the money. People can have no money and they can have all the joy. There's, mm -hmm. there's, it's just so not related to the balance. So, so, so not related. But boy, think about how universe has a, such a completely different instruction, like the way you send off the money to, with satisfaction and delight instead of the angst of less or the pain of parting. Such a different vibration. And, and I super appreciate that about this course is that a, a lot of what I'm learning is that there's a lot of things I need to do but there's a, or want to do, but there's a lot of things I'm already doing that I didn't give a lot of credence to. I didn't realize how powerful it was. And now I'm like, okay, this is good. So I'm going to even more love paying a bill. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I, I, I've taken good strides in that myself, but I can tell I still have some room for improvement. Um, okay, Brent, you were chiming in at the same time. Do you still have your thought? Uh, hi, everybody. Sure. Hi, Jeanette. Um, so I wanted to touch in uh, a little bit about ritual. Um, and I mm. think one of the ways oh, that hello. I resonate with <laughs> is kind of Jeanette knows what I'm going to talk a little bit about. Um, uh, kind of bring the woo-woo into the ritual. Uh, essentially, for me, any sort of ritual, whether involve, we're talking about money or relationships or whatever it is, it's really, for me, recognizing where I want to be and that visualization and that knowing and then taking that and ritualizing throughout your day put little signs everywhere um, have little notes for yourself um, whatever it is have reminders every day I'm thankful for my abundant and creative life you know whatever it is anything you know and I think one of the things that I want to talk about right now is recognizing when to do the right ritual at the right time. Hmm. Because sometimes we can get totally caught up in the the how to do it phase that we might forget how to do it in the, you know, resonate and become it phase. And I think having that solid foundation of regular practices and, and ritualistic practices um, in alignment with you know, how you're feeling and how the universe is acting right now, whether it's, you know, a bright summer day and right now it's kind of a rainy, drizzly day. So more meditation for me, more visualization, more, you know, introspection work. But if I want to, you know, live as is, 
as if, you know, I, you know, on a sunny day, I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to go hang out with and do things that are exciting and fun. And, and so by, I guess, I like to tailor my rituals and tailor my, my practices and, and align it with the solar and lunar cycles too. And that's really helpful for me to like really tap into the natural cycles all around us because we can kind of forget that that mm. the universe is on our side all the time so you know use your sympathetic magic and resonate mm -hmm. and find those tools at the right time as soon as you spoke up brent and as soon as you used the word ritual i realized oh brent and nikki are the exact fab most fabulous ones to hear from about ritual because you know how oh, to bring the fun so. and the woo and the magic to it when is your book going to be out? <laughs> ah, well, we're having a release party next month, so we're excited about that. Okay. We'll definitely keep everybody up to date. Right on. Right on. Thanks for chiming in, Brent. Sure. Thanks for uh, having these. I love them. Um, I forgot to thank Kristen as well. I got a question from Donna. Is it habit or programming to think that I am breezing along and wham, contrast and resistance comes up? And I'm surprised once again, perhaps still not fully accepting contrast. Uh, I don't know. I would, I would wonder which one feels better. That's a sign of what your inner being thinks. The sign of what your inner being thinks, whatever version, whatever thoughts around it feel better. Um, but I definitely like the what we were talking about a little bit earlier to not use it as an excuse to um, to ruin our. Sometimes it's just heavy enough that happens, but sometimes it's just it kind of feels like when we're. I got a visual which is weird because I don't do this, but like if I had a little what's it called like a scooter or like a skateboard and you're, you, you push off a couple times and then you coast for a while, but then you lose momentum. So you've got to push again. That pushing again, like foot on the ground to get some more speed up, that's what contrast is doing for us. So when it shows up, it's only to help the ride. It's only to help fuel more desires so life can get even better. That version of it feels um, a lot more amenable to me than than some of the other versions I might be able to tell. Okay. Um, so what else do we have to play with today? I feel like someone else was chiming in earlier and I didn't hear from them. Who was that? I wanted to add something to the rituals. Oh, this is Ming. Ming, yes, thank you. I was I read your PDF this morning and I was laughing because I think I do all of those things and you were like just do one but <laughs> but uh, I think it was when I was you are the money alchemist thing so if there was going to be an exception it should be you <laughs> I was like okay well I kiss my money I sing to money I haven't sang to money in a while but I used to sing to money every day in the car which really actually, because music is so powerful for me, it just naturally raises my vibration. And then when I'm, you know, focusing on money as I'm singing, then it just, I don't know, it brings, it just brings this joy and this whole feeling of abundance and, and that, you know, I'm just connecting to money. And like Elena, I think it was Elena, her question, like, 
when she gets a new client. It's like when I get a new client or I see a PayPal or this morning I got an email from, you know, the royalties for my books or whatever. And I, I still do that. I've done this now for five years. I do the Tiger Woods. Yes. I still do that, you know. And um, that one that one's very consistent. It's like the gong you you, you do, you know. And um, and I posted a picture of all my money crystals. And, you know, I Reiki them and I amp them with goddess energy. And sometimes I look at them and sometimes I just touch them. And other times I play with them like dominoes because they feel really cool. And um, what else do I do? But, um, yeah. So I want to say really something. To do. Okay, don't, don't yeah. forget what you were going to say. But I wanted to share about how I think that you what, what you've done is you've incorporated those habits in really organically over time. It's not like one day you were like, oh, I'm going to throw everything I possibly can think of in order to turn my money vibe around and did them all at once right you, they were just practices right. that you you incorporated over time to where it doesn't even feel like a practice it's just how you roll yeah i mean you're right and you know for a while there too i uh i was looking for angel numbers you know it, the number 8 is for abundance right so i would just start looking for eights because I knew if I looked for the angel numbers and then money will come. And that was fun for me because I was in the car a lot or whatever. So I'd look at the license plates and, you know, that kind of thing. And I did that for a while too. But um, now that I'm at home more and I'm not in the car as much, that's actually why I sing less to money because I always sang in the car. So I was thinking about that. I said, hmm, I have to incorporate some different things while I'm in the home but still like um like I was saying it's just the rituals it's just a way for us to connect to the energy of money you know and then we however we connect it makes us feel good we smile or whatever just we're just connecting to the energy of abundance and then also the other the I think it was the first question you got asked I was thinking listening to everybody's answers is cool and I kept thinking you know as as I learned from moving from lack to abundance, you're moving consciousness, right? So when you're moving away from lack and scarcity and fear, you're moving into a place of abundance. And then therefore things just, I remember asking you this question. I said, Jeanette, why, why does money keep coming to me? And I truly was asking you because I didn't know. <laughs> and you said, you've moved into a new, this is your new, I don't know, you didn't, you were word set point. You knew, said something. You're, this is where you said, this is where you live. That's what you said. That's where you are now. And then I was like, oh, so I, I felt like I kind of shifted myself somehow. So now I don't, and I think I mentioned this before, I, I don't have to feel like I've got to do all these things, affirmations or whatever, to get money because I'm here, right? I'm enjoying the abundance or I'm seeing the abundance around me, right? Because what we focus on and it just continues, it continues to come in all forms, not just money. Right? That kind so. of feels, that kind of feels like the way that, I fertilize the garden. Like um, when we come out of spring, when things are starting to grow, I put some fertilizer down just to welcome it out of winter. Like so glad everyone's still alive. And then, uh, and then it's blooming. Like right now, I've got so many fabulous flowers in bloom. And I mm. still put fertilizer down because even after the blooms come and go, I want that plant to be – it's just my way to love the garden. I think it's good mm -hmm. for it. I, I, like to, I like an excuse to go hang out in it. I like to do for it whatever I think will support its continued thriving. But it isn't like a to make it do anything as much as it is just a way to continue enjoying it. That kind of felt like what you were describing about your money practices. Mm-hmm.
All right, very cool. Thank you, Ming. Good to hear from you on this one. Not quite ready to announce that I'm that I'm sending some of your books out, but I will do that. That's for another call. Uh, that's for another mm-hmm. call. But I was thinking how much people would love to get their hands on your money rocks too. Okay, so I saw a question from Elena about. Let's go up. Okay, so like I want to buy a house in my neighborhood. Why? Because I like it here. How it's too expensive. How do I go deeper into the why, etc. Yeah, how will you feel when you are, when you are living there? That's my favorite way to do it. I know other coaches do it differently. They keep asking, why do you want to why do you want to like where you live? <laughs> why like they'll keep asking why for every response you give until you get to a feeling that's always at the core of any desire. But I just ask, how will you feel when you have that? And a lot of people, oh gosh, a lot of people, their first answer is excited. I'll be so excited. You know what? Maybe for a minute, but probably not. Because for what we talked about earlier, Abraham saying, you're not going to be bouncing off the walls with excitement because in order for it to manifest, you have to expect it. It has to be the next logical step in order for it to come. So when that happens, excitement isn't usually what's there because we've seen it coming long enough that it's exactly like Abraham said. Of course, hello, I've been expecting you. It's exactly what it's like. But... uh, when we get past those, and plus excitement is kind of a challenging vibration to work with because that one doesn't usually last long. Anyway, um, when I get to the, the true heart, okay, so like pretend I've been doing this for five months or five years. How is that going to feel? That's the one that I want to work with. Whatever that vibration is, that's what I want to find alignment to. And whether I'm doing it specifically on the desire of manifesting my house or finding some other way to feel that way, it doesn't matter because it's all related. But that's how. And then if I can set my gremlins aside that keep thinking, I've got to figure it out or I've got to make it happen or I should be doing something or, or, or whatever rude things they might be saying, I just remind myself what I know about how conscious creation works. And that can help put them in the background rather than the foreground. I don't want those guys driving because they aren't taking us anywhere helpful. I don't know if that's helpful. Elena, if you can chime in, if you want to continue this conversation or if anyone else wants to say something. Hi, it's Carol. I'd like to say something. Oh, Carol, nice to hear from you. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, it's, so there's several things that you've said, uh, you and Ming have said today, and then something you said the other day that you know really lift my vibe and, and put me in that frame. One was when you were talking about your neighbor planting a forest, mm. and that yeah. whole experience of you know just <laughs> having that money. Uh, having had it come and come from investments and just being there and it's like, oh, why not? I could, you know, I could just plan a forest. Might as well, right? So that was one thing. And then... um, Carol, I want to interrupt you because that story is actually kind of interesting about how, to me, it seemed like that happened overnight. To her, she had been planning it for a year. Like ever since she Mm. moved into that house, she had been starting to think about what she wanted, where she wanted, who was going to do it, when they could do it, making the arrangements. 
like for her, that was a very long process. For me, all, mm. I didn't know I wasn't privy to it. All of a sudden, one day, mm. ta-da, there's a forest up over across the street. Uh, but mm. to her, it was very, very different. <laughs> but it also fit in my manifestation up here because I was just in so much love for being up here. I still am. That... Mm. Um, that it makes sense that it got even better because what had been there before was not a landscaped yard. And then all of a sudden it was, it was even better than landscaped. It was, it was just even better than that, of course. Even better I'd been activating anyway. Anyway, okay, keep, keep going. I hope I didn't yeah. distract you from what no you were problem. going to say. So and then, you know, when Ming just said something about, oh, yeah, and my royalty income, you know, it, it, it was so matter of fact. It's like, yeah, I do that with my royalty income. And, and <laughs> like, oh, royalty income, aha. And, you know, you said something about um, some of your investments and in that one account that, uh, that you realized had a ceiling on it and it was because that was as much as the government mm-hmm. would insure. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, holy shit, you know, <laughs> isn't that interesting that, you know, that's one of your accounts at that level, and that's a small one, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Rich people problems. Yeah. <laughs> that's my favorite mantra. <laughs> So there's, you know, there's something about the allowing things to become, it isn't quite ordinary, um, because that seems to diminish it a little, but it's it's so part of the expected natural experience. That's exactly what I was going to say, expectation. You're exactly right. Yeah, that's powerful, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. That's why what Maria said earlier about if it's happening to me, it must be great. That developing that expectation that whatever's unfolding, it's going to be good. <laughs> Even if for a minute, this is the part of the movie where it looks like things are gone really wrong. But with a master movie maker, that was just a setup for something amazing. That um, creating that expectation for ourselves, and that's all a belief or an expectation is, repeating a thought often enough that we... We get used to the idea of it. We've got a good place for it in our brain. It's got a, that neural pathway's got a lot of the deep groove. Okay, um, developing that expectation can be helpful no matter what we're manifesting because it helps. It well, it puts us in receiving mode, doesn't it, Carol? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and may I say a little more? Oh, please do. So. I noticed that um, I I really believe in right timing and uh, and nothing really before that time. So I've been encouraging the universe to simply um, tickle me with inspiration or right timing for the next thing. And I noticed that recently two things have started to surface. One is, I've talked on and off about writing a book and people will occasionally ask me. I've written, I wrote a book a long, long time ago, but this is something very different and it's, you know, it's something in human design. And 
so I've been thinking for quite a while about writing a book that's a practical handbook for generators. And, um, and so what I notice is starting to happen is that I'm getting occasionally uh, inspired. And I'll just sit down. I created a Google Doc, and I just pour ideas into it. You know, so mm. little by little chapters and questions to answer and things like that are starting to emerge. Um, and so the whole notion of allowing writing to happen when it's easy and natural and putting it in a context where there's um, expectations about what it will be like down the, down the road and receiving inquiries about it and speaking and royalties and whatever, you know, is all, uh, is all nurturing for me. So that's mm -hmm. all. And then the second thing was I noticed with a lot of my coaching, a lot of the clients that I work with, a lot of what I do is soften their thinking and mm -hmm. uh, use their design to help them, help take them out of their mind and see, you know, what's natural for them given how they're designed and how their mind will, will chime in, you know, with bright ideas and, and things they should and stuff like that that just, you know, kind of bedevils them. And so, you know, they're, they're always asking me, well, you know, what can I say to myself? What kind of self-talk can I use that will uh, enable me to not get caught up there? And so little by little, I've started creating a catalog of self-talk in different areas that uh, you know, people can use to soothe and, and give and allow and invite uh, and that will be consistent with their human design, which is partly why I call one of my businesses attracting by design. So, you know, that's underway now also. And I find that doing that inspires me and then I find that leads me to doing it even more and even more effectively with my clients to then, you know, revel. <laughs> so it, it's been this lovely cycle. Well, I sure know the power of helping someone find softer thoughts, and I love your ability to do that with their design in mind. In fact, I got to read a comment in from Meg about your book. She said that would be so helpful since she's a generator. <laughs> so, uh -huh. I've been seeing more on Facebook too from from human design from people human design who are people. savvy about the lingo. So, uh, yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I really, I, well, obviously, I'm a conscious creator. I think that that's what makes the difference. It's our willingness to find the thoughts that feel better. And anyone who can help us do that when we're stuck with it, um, that's a, I, I can't imagine a better way to support someone. Mm. Well, and it totally fits the way I'm designed. So it certainly makes me happy. <laughs> right on. Thank you, Carol. Mm -hmm. Saw Melinda in chat. I uh, don't know what Hi. you had for us, Melinda. 
Oh, you're unmuted. Yay. Nice to hear you. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I kind of just want to share um, my experience with the, the course. I'm not entirely sure where I have a kind of a vague idea of a question, but um, yeah, it's, I've, I've um, really recently got to module three where I started to feel good. <laughs> um, and um, so I'm really, really enjoying that at the moment, particularly the last few days. Um, and yeah, I, I'm trusting on the, the perfection of the timing and yep. there's been a few things come into play. Um, I've had, I've, I've done another uh, couple of courses uh, along the way that allowed did me to feel the feeling. the sound or did we lose me? Oh, we lost me. Um, mm -hmm. Are you back? <laughs> oh. I, I've got your sound now again. I think something must be up with my internet. Sorry about that. Ah, uh, okay. No problem. No problem. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, I, I'm just really enjoying the that I had space with another course to process the the feelings um, because there, there was a lot. It was very much contrast uh, city, and um, I was it wasn't really possible for me to connect with the belief of of what I wanted. To and I started to doubt that I actually knew what I wanted and um, yeah having done having done a lovely couple of homework sessions with Mary Ellen <laughs> um, I worked through module two actually a couple of times because I noticed that I was looking at it like externally like a lot of what I don't want externally and then I re-listened to the the module and I, I reviewed bringing the power back to what it was that I would like to experience and what I, what it is that I could do, rather than what I don't want. So um, it took me a couple of rounds, but then and also yeah, the other couple of courses. Then I was sort of able to like really release like, yeah, maybe maybe it's not possible, but I'm going to do it differently and um, connect with what I want. And um, <laughs> it, it's to do with my my husband, and um, we had a, a session last week. And which um, was another space that I'm really grateful to have had to be able to um, feel the feelings. And I was actually terrified about having that session because I didn't think it would work and I was ready to give up. And then I had the space to like let out my biggest fears. And then I um, then we agreed to have like a, a like a, a, a ceasefire <laughs> on the topic for uh, at least a month. So I feel like. Now's my time to shine. Now's the time to put all of the the unhelpful thoughts aside and retrain my brain and give all the <laughs> yeah, give space to what I want. And so so we're both aligned on this. So we've had a really great time and um yeah, so I'm I'm willing to see how things unfold and um feeling hopeful and optimistic and excited and also so yeah, I'm wondering about like how to not let the doubt creep back in and also how to channel this excitement because you mentioned earlier that excitement can be a challenging one to yeah, to move towards expectation. Um that's what I'd like to Well, I um, I first want to say that there's something about um something really helpful and self-loving about honoring the right timing, the, your right pace, 
and to be willing to trust that wherever you are is perfect, that feels really helpful because I've gotten emails from people or seen posts in the Facebook group saying, oh, I'm behind with some angst, like they didn't want to be, they don't like where they're at, they feel like they're, they've got catching up to do. And I really like the idea that the, I will, if I haven't felt called to it, then it wasn't for me yet. And on the day that it is, I will go there. And if it never calls to me, then that's okay. i got some other benefit. I'm, I'm just going to trust whatever feels best, whatever my timing is. And yes, to, I know this wasn't your question, Melinda, but someone had asked, when are we running the second one? I don't know the date for that yet because I know there are some people who are still strongly engaged in this current round, so I don't want to do that too soon. Anyway, um, you had said how, okay, first one, how to keep the doubts from creeping back in. I like this idea. I don't even want to resist those doubts. And I'll be curious to hear from others as well because I know everyone's having a really inspired thought right now about what to do about those doubts. But my first thought is I don't even, I'm not even going to be nervous about them. When they come in, I'm going to know they can't take me out. They can't take me out of this game because, first of all, I know even if I do entertain doubts for a while, it's temporary. So there's nothing to fear there. But I also know how to recognize them when they pop in and spot them for what they are. And my declaring that so, my telling the story that way helps make it so, so that the next time a doubt does creep in, I feel a little more empowered around it and a little less likely to believe it. But even if I do find myself with, with, a, with doubts, even if it's for a an extended period of time, I'm going to ride it out knowing it's temporary because my desires are calling me too strongly for me to ignore. And if something isn't calling me strongly enough that I really can get sidetracked by, with something, then it's good because I should make room for the thing that calls me more loudly. I'm just going to tell, I'm going to story tell around it so that I'm not in resistance to those doubts. Having said that, I would love to hear from someone else on how they manage doubts that creep in. Kristen, <laughs> I know you probably got like a dozen favorite different ways to play with doubt, so I'd love to hear from you on this one. Well, it's really interesting because I've had a lot of doubt recently, but I'm just going to, I'm just, gosh, hmm, I need a minute on that. I want to get clear about what I'm going to say before I love my way through it. Hi, there's another thing, too, I want to say about doubts. Uh, when, you, when you said, Kristen, I've had a lot of them lately, made me think of one I've had, I've been entertaining, except I didn't think of it so much as a doubt as much as it is maybe a redirection. Maybe there was a part of me that knows, okay, yeah, you thought that's what you wanted, girlfriend, but actually we got something else in mind for you. This is what, this is what your true desire was. Like I just want to be able to go with the flow instead of, be attached. Uh, Elena, this actually takes me back to what you were saying in chat room about your house and that neighborhood. Like there, it might be that I'm being called somewhere else that maybe there's, maybe universe knows even better for me. Like on those, when I started to have doubts, I mean, God, I, I was making an offer. The seller said, offer me this much and I'll accept it. And I offered that much and they said, oh, psych, how about a thousand more? And I was like, ah, what? 
so, and I had doubts that that house was going to be mine, and I had practiced sitting in that house. I'd practiced walking through that house. I'd, I mean, I, I didn't practice. I actually sat in their house for a very long time on multiple occasions <laughs> just to make sure that it felt like home. And um, when that didn't happen, I guess I could say, yeah, doubts. I, I had doubts that it was going to happen, but it was good that it didn't because it was only something better was cooking the whole time I had no clue about so if I were entertaining any doubts that this deal was going to come together, that wasn't necessarily a bad thing. Not necessarily. Knowing that my with what I really want, loving where I live, that's going to happen. That one's not up for debate. That's happening. How it unfolds, I can be open about that. Who else has any feedback for Melinda on doubts? This is Meg. Thanks, Meg. Nice to hear from you. Yeah. Um... Oh, this is a good one. This is this is a really juicy one because, um, and, and <laughs> I'm saying that because I have a lot of personal experience. Um, and, and I'll give you a re in the red hot moment type of doubt. Um, so I run marathons, but let's be clear. I'm not built like a Kenyan. Um, and the and it, this is just so funny because I'm I'm actually in the process of writing this out as a blog post. I set this crazy crazy goal a couple of years ago, and I, and I'm just going to tell you doubts are for me are a sign you're still attached. Um, so I set this crazy goal to do four marathons uh, for my 40th birthday in 2018. Side four note, marathons in one year. It was actually in six months. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but here's here's the kicker. Um, I was injured the last six months of 2017. Couldn't run. Like literally, the physical therapist said, "You have to stop running. You have to get your body right, or you're never going to be able to run again." Which um, got my attention. So um, I did my first race. It was in. Uh, uh, Duluth, Minnesota. I flew up there by myself. Um, that doesn't bother me, by the way. Um, and it was, it was okay. I mean, it was cold for June. Um, and uh, in the middle of the race, I didn't know if I could finish. Like in the middle, like mile 14. This is like a 26 mile race. And I just had to start counting my steps. Like I had to break it down into such and I, and I finally had to, like, the self-talk you have when, and I'm not a fast runner, this, anyone who runs, I'm about a six, six and a half hour runner. Not fast. Um, but. That sounds <laughs> some crazy. Some people are probably like that. <laughs> to me, that's like, wow. But, but here's the thing. It's like, you're, so, it, it is a marathon. It's not, it's not physical. It is, it is 100% mental. Um, the physical is like cake it's the mental part that's the tough part and I had to actually be like okay I'm gonna run I'm gonna run 100 steps and then I can walk for 50 and then I'm gonna run another 100 steps and then I can walk for 50 and you know and it was the point where like I had to actually detach from my time goal that I had um you know this is in the red hot I, I didn't want to quit because oh by the way I told everyone I was doing this which <laughs> You know, <laughs> this goes to the question everyone about knew. Me. Should I tell people or not? Although it may have served you, Meg, it may have served you. It did, it did. But you know what? I when I crossed the finish line, I mean, it literally took everything out of me. 
I burst into tears. They actually thought I was hyperventilating. And it was not that I was hyperventilating. I was <laughs> burst into tears because I didn't realize until I crossed the finish line how strong my doubt was that I was going to be able to do it. Oh, oh wow. Wow. So huh. that's what I'm saying. If you, de- it, 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 you know, do not make the doubt a bad thing. It's just a sign that you're attached and you might just need to shift your perspective on how you want to get to where you're going. Right on. Thank you, Meg. I so, can uh, up now when you guys are done. Meg, before you go, will you uh, share your Facebook group? Oh, my Facebook spot. group. The Bright Spot. Yeah. Um, which is ironic because it's super well-timed. We're doing um, a challenge this week called Amp It Up. It's all about celebration. So if you need some help with rituals, couldn't time it any better. <laughs> right on. Um, we find you at not a joke. Just look the bright spot. The bright spot. Or you should put a link. Yeah. Put a link in our group or something. Yeah, I'll put a link in our group cool. in the group and um, yeah, but um, yeah, doubts. Trust me, doubts. I, I've just made friends with my doubts. I'm like, hey, how's it going, friend? You can sit in the back seat. I'm still driving though. But yeah, yeah. I like that thought that they, it still happens even with them. There, I don't know how many. There are some things I've known solidly 100%, but not very many. That would be a short list for me. And yet, st- things still manifest. It still happens. So even with doubt present, I know they can't ruin this party. They can't. I can. I, I like that reminder from Abraham, 5149. If it was just 51% positive and 49% negative, I've still got momentum going in my favor. So I can have a lot of negative stuff flowing, and it isn't going to ruin this party, especially when I use awareness of those negative ones to purposely plug into a positive one. Okay, Kristen. <laughs> Kristen, the reason I called on you earlier, I thought you had unmuted. I thought you were getting ready to speak. So <laughs> I thought your box lit up. That's so anyway, you've got the microphone now. Thanks, Meg. I was probably making noise. So I'm, I chatted with Melinda over here because I wanted to see what she was speaking about because if it has to do – for me, I handle things in different way per the genre, whether it's health, relationship, career, you know, landscaping, whatever it is. But since it's about her relationship and, and finding a mutual, I don't know the word I'm looking for, um, plan to live in two different countries or how they're going to work that thing out. So in going back to the distress I had with a loved one, I will share that that was my daughter, my 26-year-old daughter. So it was, it was something I was very attached to, very. And it was very scary and it was something that I knew that we were not going to solve from the level of mind and personality that I truly saw it hundred percent my way and and could get people to back me up in my thought and she truly saw it a hundred percent her way and could have people that backed her up in her thought so who's right who's gonna win so I realized when It was a part of winning, trying to get the other person to see your perception. Sometimes that can't happen because people are really in their thoughts of why their idea is the best idea. 
So what I did was I sat down by myself and just put my arms out and I said, God, help me open. Well, at first, I remember doing this. It was so egoic. I said, please open her heart. Please open her heart so she can see. And then I went, no, 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 no. Open my heart. Open my heart so I can see. Open both of our hearts so that we can see because I know this is a disconnect. It is just like um, the last gal who just spoke. I'm sorry, was it Meg? I don't remember people's names well. Um, she's, she was talking about a shift in perception and I'm all about the shift in perception. So in regards to Melinda's question with relationship, which you guys know is kind of my area, um, I, I took it to spirit. I was like, you gotta help me here. And then my next best step was to say, hey, can I, I texted her and I said, we're better than this. We are so better than this. Let's have a conversation, but it can't be over text. It's got to be in person. Immediately, she's like, right on, I'm there. I said, where do you want to go? And she's like, oh, your house is fine. And we had a conversation, and it was the most open-hearted, loving. She saw me. I saw her. Tears. I mean, but it was not, nobody won. We just mm. saw each other's perspective, mm. and then we were able to form a path forward from that place. Does that make sense? So yeah. it wasn't about going my way or going her way. It was let's do our way. What works for mommy and Sydney? How are we going to make this work? And it was so beautiful. And then I want to just touch on the contrast real quick about that because holy freaking contrast. That was awful. My relationship <laughs> with my kids. Oh my God. My kids are my, you know, Jeanette, you're on my Facebook yeah. page. Yeah, they're my number one priority. You know, I, I am, no, no, no. Your well-being, raising you into high-functioning adults, what do you guys need? You know, not being enabling, just meaning you guys matter. And so this this was not, um, I see your <laughs> comment, Meg, holy freaking God. <laughs> um, this, was, this was not something that I was at all enjoying. It was the worst contrast ever. And again, I said to myself, okay, what is this showing me? And what it really did for us is it promoted our relationship, which is my dream. My ultimate goal is to have this just kick, killer kick-ass relationship where all my, our whole family is tight as can be. We got each other's back. We love each other. They love each other, the siblings, the stepdad. You know, we're all connected. So this little piece of contrast needed to happen because it brought us closer to our ultimate, my ultimate brought me closer, her too, but because she feels the same, to the ultimate goal that I have wanted. So how interesting that, to one thing, that again, I, I call on spirit to help me perceive things correctly, which is a Course in Miracles things for the, those of you who follow ACIM. And I wanted to perceive the situation correctly. I wanted my heart wide open because, you know, I was over there all egoic going, oh no, I'm right. You know, I am. <laughs> And I was like, nope, I, I don't even want to be right. I just want peace with my child. So that worked. And then the contrast was super serving. So I guess to you, Meg, I would say, um, if you are a spiritual person, I would ask for help. I would ask for an open heart. I would ask for resolution. I call these things transformational conversations rather than arguments. Because if, there's, if I aim at transformation, there's a different vibe than we're in an argument, we're fighting. 
And one person can do that, right? Even if only one person holds that, it can be that for them, right? It was only me. I don't think Sid was over there going, Holy Spirit, come, open my (laughs) heart. You know? So That's fabulous. Thank you, Kristen. You're welcome. I see Melinda in chat. Um, Yeah, yeah. Okay, lots of good stuff. So... Yeah, okay. Right on. Uh, Good. Anyone else have a question for us today before we wrap up? Comment, requests? I have a cute story if everybody's done. Okay, so we recently redid our landscape and we planted a tree in the backyard. It's a mesquite tree. They're um, indigenous here for Arizona. And... um, and you got to be careful with mes- mesquite trees because if you water them too much, their roots are too shallow. When our monsoons come, they're you know swept into the neighbor's house. So you got to you know water them in a certain way. Anyway, this thing was a Charlie Brown tree because I I told Doug I said these things grow like mothers. I mean they're fast growers. They get big fast. I, and it was like you know 20 bucks for the 15 gallon. I don't know. You know Jeanette that stuff. And it was it had like a stick up the middle and maybe two sticks off of it. It was tiny. And so we planted this tree and last night Doug and I were sitting out. Oh, you know, we got the irrigation set up to it. Not why every once in a while the dog eats the thing off and it blow, you know, creates a big geyser. So we have to we have to do that little bit of maintenance. And then um, Doug took this the retaining stick off of it at some point. And we're sitting there last night and we're looking at that tree and I said, okay, this is, this is a really fun metaphor. I got to share this in group that we planted this tree, just like any other thing we want, health, relationship, career, whatever it might be. We plant the tree and we tend to it, but we didn't watch the tree. That thing is so beautiful and so full and so happy and all we did was kind of, you know, we look at it, we paid attention, but we weren't attached to the growth of that tree. It's strong. The winds come. It doesn't want to fall over. So just something to think about that I'm working on personally with aspects of my life is I don't want to, I don't want to have my life under a microscope anymore. I just want to do my little waterings of it and, and just wake up one day and go, there it is. There's that beautiful mesquite wow. tree. I love that story, Kristen. It's reminding me of two things. One, I noticed recently the trees on my property, the further away they are from the house, the better they are doing. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, because the ones that I could see out my window, the ones that I'm walking around with the dogs in the yard that I'm checking on all the time, maybe getting too much attention from me. Maybe too Mother much fertilizer, it. maybe too much pruning. I don't know. Maybe, I, yeah, I'm worrying over it maybe more than is helpful. Um, the other thing is I'm creating content for a, a new course at GVU starting in July on uh, creation formulas, and one of them is, well, just like what you've described here, sometimes the way it works best is don't give it too much attention. And I think a lot of people have success with that formula versus uh, too much focus not necessarily helping. So that's a great story. Thank you for that. That would have been a fabulous note to end on. But I see a question I did not address that was about how to go from excitement to expectation. I've got a quick answer on that one because it's, a, it's super simple. It's practice. Practice the thoughts. That's how we develop expectation or belief 
That's how we can remedy doubts. Like it's the same process. So like if I had doubts about something, if I find a reason to believe, just even one, but if I could think of two or three reasons to believe and just put my attention on those reasons to believe, I'll just remind myself that. Every time my gremlin's trying to tell me, yeah, but, uh-uh, or whatever it says, I just want to put my attention on the reasons to believe. And I don't have to have a whole lot of them in order to start facilitating and growing that belief. That's how we nurture it. But it's the same with... Um, what was I answering? It was on how to go from excitement to expectation. Yes, uh, just I, I would practice having it. I would practice having it. I would be the person who's already got it, or I would use, I'd visualize it, or I'd find the words of it. I would, but I would um, practice having it. That's how it becomes normal for us and expected. Uh, okay, what else do we have? Are we ready to wrap this one up? Again, this is not our last meetup. I'm intending to get on the phone with you some way, somehow. I'm intending another way before our course is over, so I don't need to say goodbye to you all yet. <laughs> um, I want to thank you all for joining. Those of you who did email a question, if I missed it, or if you post one in the Facebook group that we didn't get to, bring it back to my attention, and I will respond. And thank you, everyone, who dialed in here, to especially to share your contributions with fellow creators. I'm telling you, the best part of these meetups is each other. So I love that, I love that you were willing to share your expertise and experience in conscious creation with fellow creators because this is, this is how we get better at this. This is how we become masterful. This is how we normalize this way of embracing life. So big love to you all. Thanks for joining me for the call. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I will see you in the Facebook group. Bye, everyone. Thanks. Really great call. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.